Whether you have an interest in the marijuana market or not, this is a fascinating show for any startup or entrepreneur. We take two serial entrepreneurs, one with a background in marketing and one with a background in domain name values. They met each other actually through Mike Seiger when he filmed a show for Domain Sherpa in 2013, and they have built a successful, profitable company, B2B company in the marijuana space, ganjapreneur.com. Learn all about it and how you can do the same in any emerging market. Enjoy. First, serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y, FT.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com. And today we have a Domain Sherpa interview with two co-founders of a business five years running and quite successful. I'd like to introduce you to Noel Abbott from Washington State. Hi, Noel. Hey, Tess. How's it going? Great. Thanks for joining us. So early in the morning, you look warm. Oh, yes. Thanks for having me. We just turned the heat on, so it's not warm, but I do have my uh, Gondrepreneur hoodie on today. Oh, all right. Gondrepreneur.com. Nice hoodie. And Wait, is the .com on the shirt? I don't know if it's on right here. There's, I believe, another label. No. This is just the, just the Gondrepreneur logo. Just couldn't help but ask. And uh, the other co-founder, who incidentally you met because you did a Domain Sherpa interview, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wild. I was introduced to Drew by Mike after the interview that I did several years ago. So cool. So, co-founder of Gondrepreneur, Andrew Rosner. Hello. Hey, Tess. Hey, Noel. Howdy. Nice to see you wearing a different hat today. Not that you have one at all, but uh, you're in your Gondrepreneur hat today. Thank you so much for joining us to discuss a totally different angle than usual Although all things lead back to domains, don't they? Sure do. Yep. <laughs> so, Noel, you're really a serial entrepreneur. You, um, your background is in marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, your first company you founded is uh, HappyChapMedia.com, correct? Yep. Yep. Well, it's uh, HappyChap.co right now. Uh, we do HappyChapMedia.com redirects. Um, we took the media off just so that we could shorten it. Um, we do have designs on purchasing happychap.com eventually. Um, um, and uh, yeah, we're a marketing agency. Uh, we started out with just small business web development, and then we expanded from there into all aspects of digital marketing, as well as uh, print design for a lot of our clients. Okay. It's really neat when we meet a serial entrepreneur who somewhere along the process discovered the value of domains. 
And I love um, your story from the interview you did with Mike Seiger years ago, where um, I'm like, oh, he's one of us. You uh, stayed awake till 5 a.m. and spent all your rent money on domains. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that is a true story. I, uh, it was right after um, the Washington and Colorado um, states uh, passed their measures uh, legalizing um, cannabis for adult use. And um, I you know, at the time was doing a lot of web development for small businesses. And so my thought process immediately went to all of the people who are going to be starting up retail shops in these uh, cities in Washington and Colorado. And so I made a list of all of the top um, uh, municipalities by population and uh, went through and tried to buy up every version of cannabis or marijuana related to all of those cities. Um, and, uh, over time, a few of those have sold, but I do remember there was a one comment on that episode after it was aired from Drew saying that, you know, geo is not the way to go. You want to focus on brands. And uh, yeah, I found out later on that uh, those uh, brand domain names really did um, seem to attract a lot more attention. And That's wild. And you had no idea who Drew was or that you would one day enter not at that point your in partnership. Time. No, yeah. Hilarious. And did you... Um, when you came on Domain Sherpa for the interview with Mike, even though you, you know, in doing your marketing, you were seeing the value of domains, you were seeing that there was this growing and there would continue to be this growing market for domain names as businesses begin to build in the industry. Um, but did you even know there was a domain name industry? I was aware, but I didn't realize the extent to which um, to which it was an industry. I knew of the process of buying domain names, kind of speculating on uh, what um, domains are going to be worth in the future. At that time, I was uh, really focused on search engine optimization, and so I was very interested in keywords, um, and that was ultimately what led me down the path of buying up all those geo domain names for all the cities in Washington and Colorado. Um, since then, I think that the impact of those um, exact match keywords has uh, lessened a bit with the evolution of search algorithms. Um, I still own a lot of them. I've sold a handful of them. But um, mostly what I think of now when it comes to domain names is the authority of the brand that it represents. The, um, the fact that you own the most official version of that brand. Mm -hmm. yes. And the messaging around that brand. And yeah. The, you know, controlling the messaging and, and communication uh, that's associated with a brand directly and indirectly is so critical. It's why companies spend so much money, you know, enforcing their trademarks on seemingly worthless domains, right? Mm -hmm. They'll spend 10, 15,000, $25,000 to go out and get a domain that is totally worthless because it contains their brand in it because they don't want anybody to have access or control over their messaging. And, uh, yeah. So, um, now Gondrepreneur does a lot more than just sell domain names. Uh, <laughs> yes. Give us an overview what Gondrepreneur does and who it serves. Sure. So, um, on a day-to-day -day basis, what Gondrepreneur does is we try to find the top uh, most impactful stories for cannabis entrepreneurs or investors or anybody with a professional interest in the cannabis industry. Um, in terms of policy or in terms of mergers and acquisitions, but it's all focused on the industry side of the cannabis equation. We don't really get into 
uh, very much in the way of product reviews or, you know, um, consumer oriented media. Um, but every day we have three or four uh, headlines that we uh, research and then write brief coverage of, and that goes out to a newsletter audience as well as up on the website and on our social media channels. Of course, um, over the past four and a half years that we've been building it out, there are a lot of other sections of the website that we've developed. Um, one of the earliest things that we uh, built after the domain market was the business directory, which has become a really core part of the business overall. Um, something that a lot of cannabis entrepreneurs have run into when they're trying to start up their dispensary or their um, you know, agricultural business um, is the lack of service providers out there um, who are willing to work with anyone who touches the plant in any way. So our directory served as a place where um, lawyers, consultants, accountants, um, all these uh, essential business services could um, advertise to cannabis entrepreneurs saying, hey, we are willing to work with you. Um, we don't care that you're you know, not federally recognized as an industry. We want to support this movement and we're happy to do business with you. So our business directory has um, all of these service providers. Um, it provides them a, a place to, uh, to make that connection to cannabis entrepreneurs who are following our daily news coverage. Interesting. Um, and so, you know, again, this is why this interview is really applicable to any entrepreneur who's looking for an opportunity in a new and growing space. I think the same could be said about crypto, mm -hmm. where, you know, questions about regulation, who's willing to accept it, especially in those early days. Um, you know, we had Charlie Shrem on here uh, a while back. And I mean, in the beginning, there was just no regulation, but also that need for community and connection. So it sounds like truly Gondrepreneur is like the Levi Strauss store um, where everyone looking to work in this industry, not only can they get the tools that they need, there's also that community billboard. You have mm -hmm. you know, business directory, um, jobs, careers, mm -hmm. um, books, studies, investing, stocks. I mean, just really, it's, I feel like it's a one-stop shop of everything a business needs to enter into this space, right? Yeah, that's it's really our goal. Yeah, it's B2B focus. It's, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we said uh, from day one, um, I mean, I think it's worth noting that, like, I guess our merger uh, of, of Noel and I, um, Noel had uh, thegondrepreneur.us, I think. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, we had originally, we might have even been thegondrepreneur.com originally, and then later changed to gondrepreneur.com. Is that true? Or did we start with gondrepreneur.com? I, I think we started with gondrepreneur, but there was a lot of debate at the beginning about what was going on. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but we both had exactly the same concept. It was B2B focused, you know, getting, um, digging up these articles and especially at that time, there really wasn't many central places to find uh, important news, not just, you know, Tommy Chong smoked weed with some pop star. You know, it was like meaningful regulatory business and investment related news um, for the cannabis industry. And so we both were tackling that. And obviously we had similar branding. And so it made a lot of sense uh, after the introduction that we, that we merged. And yeah. from that beginning, it's always been B2B focused, 
on, you know, the normalization of cannabis. Um, how do we have professional and intelligent conversation about cannabis, about what is actually happening out there in the world from a business standpoint, from a research standpoint, from a regulatory standpoint, and expressing that through as many channels as we can. So, you know, we started out as a, basically a, a news aggregator and we hired an editorial team, started producing our own editorial and we started a podcast, we started interviewing some of the most important people in the cannabis industry and, you know, getting that message out there through our podcast. Over time, we've built up a massive email um, subscriber list. I mean, I, I don't even know, but we've got quite a, a very large uh, newsletter, newsletter subscriber base. You know, um, we started five years ago. You know, we started before um, really anybody was trying to do this from that angle. And yeah, so, and not only did you both have similar branding, you had a lot more than that in common. I mean, you saw the trajectory of the cannabis industry, pre-legalization, early legalization, and the potential for what the business needs would be. I don't think many people at all saw that. And then for the two of you to come together and find similar branding ideas, um, interesting goals, now all of a sudden the broader market is starting to understand and recognize the value, um, the business value within the cannabis industry. And you two have a five-year foundation, a five-year head start. Um, how, how is, you know, regulation is becoming more clear, less restrictive. Um, you know, it, the market in general is booming. How is Ganjapreneur, you know, benefiting from that at this point in time? Well, I'll touch on it just at a high level and then Noel can maybe be more specific, but you know, um, it's like you said, you know, we planted a seed five years ago, that seed has been growing. Now it's growing really fast um, because the market's growing really fast and a, and a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. Um, and so clearly, you know, we're, we're benefiting from the growth of the market. Um, I think what's, interesting uh from my perspective which is going to be a bit different than Noel's perspective but from my perspective one of the core reasons why i started gondrepreneur was to um make my contribution towards the normalization of of cannabis um that's a subject and a cause which is uh very meaningful to me and so um you know this gave me the ability not living in the United States and, and being firsthand there, which obviously Noel is, um, not being able to get my hands on, on, on this business and, and, you know, be involved in it. Digital media was a way for me to tackle it, um, from abroad. And so it's allowed me to keep my finger on the pulse of the industry and understand what were the most important trends, who were the most important players, who are the good actors? Who are the bad actors? Um, you know, what are some of the new uh, consumer products that are coming to market? Which ones are successful? Which ones aren't? Et cetera, et cetera, right? And so through that, I've also been able to guide some of my angel investments in the market um, as well as the topic uh, of this, this the, you know, domain Sherpa, which is domain names, right? So from the early days, both Noel and I, um, you know, 
we're in that first wave of uh, cannabis-related domain names, commercially intended cannabis domain names. And so um, having my finger on the pulse, we've been able to register loads of very, very, very good domain names. And as I saw the market beginning to mature, um, Noel and I created the uh, domain name marketplace on Ganjapreneur, which gave me an outlet to consolidate all of the cannabis related domains or even domains which don't have any words related to cannabis, but would make a very strong brand for somebody in the cannabis market and to consolidate them and promote them to an extraordinarily targeted market. It's like, what wrote it? 80% of our audience, something around that is either an currently, uh, uh, an either an entrepreneur or an investor of some kind. Yeah, in the cannabis market. So, wow, uh, 80% of our audience is like our targeted market. 80% of our audience is the people that I want to sell these domains to. And 80% and, of our and audience. And you've got a guy, a co founder who specializes in marketing and a co founder who specializes in domain names. That's a dream. And it's great that you built this marketplace. And um, I would say we both specialize in cannabis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So we, <laughs> we, um, anyway, so, so in terms of how I benefited from, or, or Donjapreneur and, and, and directly, you know, my perspective, the benefit was in that, um, being very much involved in the growth of the industry and watching how it evolved and understanding where the opportunities were and, you know, not only guiding or sometimes pulling, sometimes pushing Ganjapreneur in those directions to try and, uh, you know, capture the interest of those, of those various segments of the market, but also um, guiding my own investments through domain names, angel investing, and uh, other partnerships and, and relationships, you know, that I've curated over the last five years. Um, I think, you know, no probably has a different perspective on, you know, how Gondrepreneur has benefited. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when the, when we first launched, um, and this is what really drew me to the industry was that it was something that was brand new that um, you're taking a, an existing market that is just completely underground mm -hmm. and um, trying to bring it into the, the light, into the light, into the world of being regulated. Um, one of the things that I've noticed uh, change most significantly over the past several years is just the willingness of people to talk about what they're doing. When we first started out, not only could we like barely sell any advertising on Gontrepreneur because nobody wanted to tell, nobody wanted to advertise what they were doing because they were so worried about um, some kind of a, you know, crackdown or um, yeah. being targeted by the federal government. Um, now, um, nobody's worried about that necessarily. Maybe, maybe some of the big players on the uh, cultivation side are still, you know, really, um, um, you know, being careful about all of that. But um, nobody's afraid to talk about it. And there are plenty of people out there trying to amplify their message. Um, and that's where this um, platform that we built, um, while it may not have had a function early on, um, now we're here for people now that they're ready. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. So, um, you know, any vertical, you have to understand the marketing tre trends as your 
um, branding as an entrepreneur going into the space or as a domain investor, right? Um, we've seen people over time say they buy something with uh, perfume, makeup, or aging. And all of those, those keywords should never be in there. If you look at every brand in that space, it's, um, you know, creating an idea and it never has the keywords. No one wants, wants to look at the word aging, right? Um, uh, and so we see so many inquiries about cannabis domains, about investing in cannabis domains. I mean, people know there's money to be made in it, but there are like a million nicknames for cannabis. There are so many directions to take. What are the marketing and naming trends that you're seeing, Noel? Um, on the naming front, I would definitely say that people are moving in the direction. Well, first of all, it's all over the place because you're getting people starting businesses um, yeah. from all different backgrounds. So there are people who come to it with zero prior uh, regulated business experience. But then in terms of the, the brands that seem to be... Um, you know, venture backed or that have a really um, strategic execution in terms of how they go to market. Um, we're seeing a lot more of brands avoiding um, cannabis in the, in the name at all. Um, yeah. You find a lot of like just one word puns, um, slight variations on the spelling of a particular slang word for cannabis. Um, like, and, uh, like Snoop Dogg's Mary Jane. There's that. Yeah. Okay. Give me a couple uh, other examples of, Let's see, um, a company I was just speaking with is called Cushy Punch, and that's just, um, you know, they make uh, gummies, basically. Um, but Cush is, you know, the obvious reference there, but then yeah. but they they're just cushy. kind of came up with their own, uh, yeah, Rich. their own Cush, spin on Cush.com just sold uh, a few months ago for, I believe it was 500 or 600,000. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it, okay, so it, well, do you want to finish, Noel? Am I interrupting you? Oh, I was just going to continue listing names. Um, just re uh, locally here, I uh, enjoy a, a producer called Raven Grass. Um, there's Trailblazing Productions. Um, and uh, there, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, loose references that don't necessarily say cannabis or marijuana or something in their, uh, yeah. in their title. And you find more... In general, weed is kind of the word to ignore. Avoid, yeah. Yeah, void. It's it's got a bad stigma, particularly particularly like within the industry as a consumer. It may or may not have a a, a stigma, but as a business, very few people would ever brand on the word weed. Now, weed.com is something else. I think you know you can build a, a you know a high times type of consumer targeted um, uh, platform on on something like weed.com, right? Because it's just that's it's an iconic name, but yeah. you're not going to be weed corporation or weed, you know, I, I don't know, whatever, right? Like it, it's just not, it's not, uh, it has a stigma. It has a negative stigma. And it's particularly if you're trying to sell to other businesses in the industry and your company is called weed something, um, that's going to give you a very bad stigma. It's going to cause people to not reply to you or answer you or want to do business with you most likely. Now I have a question because with the exception I, of weed maps, but that's consumer targeted. That's um, where I was going. So so early, they were you know they were really the first. They were like, I, I would say they probably were the first 
well, other than other than high times and and you know. Well, I mean, Noel's interview with Mike Seiger was in 2013, and he was already talking about Weed Maps. Mm -hmm. So so Weed Maps got in early, but other than that, generally, that's avoided. Now, um, two, I mean, within a vertical, any new vertical in in general, it can be difficult. Like, I remember I wrote this article, it's on Media Options on the blogs, um, about... um, but I had an antidote in it about Greek yogurt, right? And nobody ever heard of Greek yogurt, I don't know how many years ago, right? Like none of us grew up eating Greek yogurt. And all of a sudden now it's everywhere. And Greek words are crazy hard to say or spell. And, um, you know, the company that had the most success, they started out in the US by purchasing GreekYogurt.com so that people could relate to it, understand it, and then they captured that audience and directed them to get to know their brand, right? Um, so that I think was an appropriate marketing and a clearly successful marketing strategy for a new vertical and their particular problem are not the same problems as the, uh, I will not call it weed industry. <laughs> um, so like, how does someone, a business, entering a new kind of unchartered space, how do they learn and watch the marketing trends? Do they go through a marketing company like Happy Chap? Do they connect with others? Is there a forum or is there plans for a forum on Gontrepreneur? Or do they just watch and figure that out? What? Just read. You got to just read. I mean, We've talked about a forum. I've always wanted to have a forum, um, but forums are difficult. They're difficult to manage. They're difficult to, um, they're resource intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can cause a lot of headaches and legal problems. And so um, we haven't. Um, so, so, I mean, it's important to understand the marketing trends. You just uh, have to read. You just have to, you have to subscribe to newsletters like Gondrepreneur so that you're getting the important articles every day and understanding what's happening in the market, understanding you know where is the regulatory focus, who's successful, who's going out of business, why? Uh, you know we're interviewing on our podcast and and in the editorial uh, some of the top entrepreneurs in the space, and they're telling you what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it's um, so you're really providing the full package to businesses, giving them the resources and information. Uh, marketing strategy if needed and the domain names that's I mean so we're taking that a step further actually Um, so we're one of the names that we own is bluedream.com we uh, had sort of launched like an alpha uh, project on there um, that um, you know we we didn't entirely flush out Um, but one of the things that we've you know repeatedly seen um, throughout the years is with the domain names, you know, many of these companies are looking for um, design services, branding services, and marketing services. And, you know, we had outsourced some of that to Happy Chap. We'd outsourced that, you know, made referrals to folks. And, um, you know, that kind of has led to several new business divisions. Noel mentioned um, our um, lead generation uh, platform that we're building. So through our business directory, we're getting tons. So one of the things that's interesting with the domain, with sorry, with cannabis industry, is that 
folks can't advertise in mainstream media, okay? It's highly restricted, which I think Noel mentioned earlier. And so they're looking for an outlet to get visibility um, in front of their audience. And primarily because it's very, you can't really sell, unless you're a dispensary, you can't sell direct to consumers. And so their, their, their clients are not the consumer, their clients are dispensaries. Their clients are um, distributors. Their clients are um, you know, processors, packers, you know, et cetera. And so how do you get in front of these people? And so Gondrepreneur represents a great platform to hit your target audience just the way you know, I sort of built it with a purpose of, wow, if I can build my target audience and bring them all here to one place, I can put my domains in front of them and then they'll want to buy those domains because they're exactly the right people I want to buy the names. And so you really have an incredibly unique audience. Wait a minute. So, I mean, the market is booming. Regulation is developing. Um, so new businesses are developing around that. Every new business needs a new brand. They need a new domain and they can't advertise in the mainstream media, which pushes them even more importance on their domain name, which means any mm -hmm. advertising they're doing, they need a bigger impact from, they need you to remember their brand and their domain. Not, not and, just that, but you're making a super important point specific to the cannabis industry that makes it unique. And, and I know I have a long-winded way of getting to the point, but the, that's kind of the point I was trying to get to, but a bit further is, in the cannabis industry, like in crypto or any other emerging, un, you know, loosely regulated or, or even overly regulated but, but unclear regulatory frameworks, um, is trust. So trust is a big problem in the cannabis industry. There's a lot of bad actors. And so if you're an investor, if you're a, uh, doesn't matter actually, it doesn't matter if you're a, a farmer, it doesn't matter if you're a packer, it doesn't matter if you're a distributor, you really have to be careful about who you work with because it's very easy to get burned. There's very little you can do if you get burned. And um, uh, you also don't want to hurt your own reputation by being in bed with people who have a you know, less uh, positive reputation. And so um, domain names become critically important because of that reason. Because you know, typically fly-by-night shysters are not buying really good domain names. They're, they're chasing low-hanging fruit. They're not, you know, building for the future. And so, um, you know, building on a really good domain name, a brand that feels like it's already a household name, that instills a sense of trust, critically important. More important than in most other industries. As important that, as that is in any industry, in any product category um, or service. Uh, I really feel that it's, an elevated amount of importance in the cannabis industry because of just the, the lack of transparency and, and the number of, you know, let's say bad actors in the space. So, um, you know, we keep talking about, uh, you know, crypto and the cannabis industry, but I, oh, and Greek yogurt. Um, but I believe that with decentralization, with all the changes, the freedom, the, um, you know, you've talked through so much about globalization in the past. Um, I mean, we're really entering a new era where I believe there are going to be more and more and more of these totally new, unexpected, unregulated industries. 
And in a way, you're creating a roadmap for success in anything new that comes along. Um, would you agree with that? Do you no. I, I, well, so when I say no, I, I don't think we're, you know, inventing anything. Uh, uh, we didn't reinvent the wheel here. Um, you know, it's, it's B2B media. It's been done, you know, many, many, many other times. Actually, you know what? It, it, great segue into, into a little uh, anecdote and, and story, which is um, uh, Entrepreneur that everybody knows, Entrepreneur.com, Entrepreneur Magazine, you know, had, I don't even know, knows the details more, you know, but they'd, we had been introduced to them or somehow they'd come into us um, in, you know, with an interest in advertising on Entrepreneur. And, you know, that sort of segued into, uh, hey, we aren't sure if you guys are maybe infringing on our trademark. And it was like, <laughs> what? We were here since 2013. Uh, we've got our own trademarks. And, you know, what are you trying to do in this space? Maybe you're infringing on ours, right? And so <laughs> I had, you know, Noel um, uh, had had several conversations with them. And, you know, it had sort of teetered between, you know, hey, let's do business and hey, we might, there might be some legal conflict here. Um, it's all good and they've full formally acknowledged that we are you know, in no way infringing on their trademark. Um, it's a little bit less clear about whether or not they're infringing on ours, but neither here nor there. Um, what I can say is they, Entrepreneur Magazine has entered the cannabis space, right? So mm -hmm. to your point, we didn't reinvent, you know, we, we didn't invent anything here. We just, we just, took what's been done in the past by others in other industries, and we created it for a new industry, which was cannabis, for a new one, legal industry. One thing that we are doing different um, than most B2B publishers um, is that we haven't really pursued anything in the world of print media so far. Um, the way that most of the B2B publishers that are out there, um, including the ones that have focused on cannabis as an industry, um, they make most of their revenue through a print magazine and through hosting events. And we have done neither. We have existed pretty much entirely in the digital world, except for when we make appearances at events. Um, so we have had to develop new parts of the site um, to drive revenue. Um, we've, you know, with the domain market, with the business directory, these are not things that we invented either, but just combining all of these uh, different revenue generating structures into one platform that's core function is to be a, a daily publisher of relevant news and information. Um, I feel like that trajectory has been very interesting to explore and develop and figure out what works and what doesn't work because it has allowed us to really you know, grow this from the ground up with very little um, upfront investment. Um, and um, we're trying to figure out how to make uh, digital media uh, profitable, whereas you see all the mainstream media companies um, yeah. plastering Google ads mind. all over the yeah. place and, and they're, they're outsourcing their uh, daily writing to robots, things like that. Like, yeah. um, if, if we can continue to make this work, I think that there's hope for digital digital media going forward and that you know that approach could be applied to um pretty much any any new industry that comes out yeah great point great absolutely point. okay so i refine my statement bootstrapped and to noel's credit right because i'm the, i was the drill sergeant saying we're not spending more money and, and noel's made it work um but this thing has been bootstrapped and i mean bootstrapped from day one and um 
you know, it is now a profitable business that's growing rapidly. And uh, you, you just can't say that about, there's very few uh, digital media uh, players that, that in, in any space, which are actually making profit. Um, lots that are you know, growing, but not making profit. This is a profitable venture. Um, and uh, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's not only worth noting, but it's, it's unique. Um, but where, where I just wanted to sort of bring that story to conclusion with Entrepreneur Magazine because they entered the space with a very inferior brand, which is Green Entrepreneur. And so Green Entrepreneur, um, first off, in my opinion, infringes on Gondrepreneur.com. But that not, that's neither here nor there. Um, I can promise you that if we weren't, uh, you know, if we hadn't taken ownership of the Gondrepreneur brand, trademark the heck out of it and put it into commerce since 2013 in the cannabis industry, that's where they would have loved to live for sure. And they've said that in their, you know, more or less in their own words. I mean, Gondrepreneur is, um, is the distinction. It's, 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 you know, we were the first one to come out with that as a name. And since then it's like, you know, you watch any mainstream, you know, CNBC, you know, runs a story about cannabis. Well, they're who, how are they referring to the entrepreneurs in the cannabis space? They're Gondrepreneurs. You know, uh, there's TV shows called the Gondrepreneur show. There's, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, uh, yeah. Did you invent, like, I am not an expert in the cannabis space. Um, did you invent that term yourself or you, you, I mean, you saw the domain and thought it was cool, but you'd never heard that term was, or that was a term people used before you bought it. There was definitely colloquial. Because of your brain. Yeah, there was definitely colloquial use of the it word entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't being used commercially anywhere. Okay. Um, let's talk domains. Um, so, um, in the beginning, uh, Noel, you were buying, you, especially that night, you stayed up all night, spent all your rent money. Um, <laughs> look at that, like, sigh. Like, oh, so long ago. Um, um you bought a lot of geo-focused domains, both in Washington and in Colorado. Yes. Um, and, and you mentioned some guy named Drew Rosner uh, posted a comment and said, mm -mm, branding's the way to go. Mm -hmm. So you bought all those. Um, what happened with them? Well, um, a couple of them did sell. Um, a couple of them I still own. I let a few of them expire. Um, I did for a while try to go out and um, solicit directly to the retailers once they were up and running in all these um, cities that um, I had bought the domains for. Um, I pretty much was met with zero response from anybody. Okay. Um, it turns out that the retailers weren't really interested in search engine optimization because they were looking to platforms like Weed Maps that had become the de facto search engine for cannabis and they didn't need to uh, invest in the... Uh, you know, the same type of architecture that, uh, uh, you know, a competitive retailer of a different industry would need to invest in if they wanted to show up in Google. Okay. Um, and then also there were just so many of them who had no idea um, uh, what, what they should be doing in terms of digital marketing. They were just focused on selling cannabis. Okay. Uh, and is I, that generally, that whole picture still true today? It is to a larger, to, 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 a, to, to a degree. It's not, um, I'd say it has lessened a bit. 
Um, I think that there are more and more people coming into the space who are arriving with an idea of what they need to do on the marketing and branding front. And then there are people who have been slogging it out. Um, the few who made it this far have kind of figured out that, oh, this is what separates the uh, successful companies from the companies that yeah. go under. Um, um, but yeah, it's still very much um, kind of a free-for-all. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of people out there in the industry who, who aren't paying very much attention to it or, or who, who aren't making that a, uh, a priority in uh, growing their business. Okay, I hate so to make the analogy again between the cannabis industry and the crypto industry, but you know, it's hard not to just because these are two multi-billion dollar industries that have you know, suddenly emerged out of nowhere um, and become you know, seriously viable uh, you know, verticals and industries. Cannabis was just named, I think it was the New York Times just said, fastest growing industry in the world. Um, or fast growing industry in the United States for sure. Um, and so um, the, the idea of low hanging fruit. So in the very early days, right, you know, like everybody else who has been out there registering domain names for whatever emerging trend, emerging vertical, um, the idea of low hanging fruit and timing is, is a very important one. So, you know, I bought all these domains as did Noel um, five years ago or more. And um, thinking, oh my God, I know there's this company, they're gonna, they need this domain. Of course they wanna have this domain. And you would call them up or you email them or they, they might even email you. And there was, there was no way they were buying that domain for, for any kind of price that you, you wanted, right? And it was because um, if you're a dispensary, right, you're not getting clients, except for maybe a very small, a, a couple of, of markets in the United States, which are like uber competitive. Um, for the most part, there's, you know, it, it's jurisdictional. So you've got a, a dispensary here, it's close by, that's where you're going to go. And if you've got your medical card that, you know, you're just going to go to the closest dispensary and there's very little differentiation. And if there is differentiation, it's by the products that they carry, um, nothing to do with marketing, nothing to do with branding. It's got to do with location. And it's got to do with, you know, availability of, of products that the consumer wants. Nothing more. If the uh, worst dispensary in America bought weed.com, they would still be the worst dispensary in America. They would just have an asset that was probably worth more than their business. If the best dispensary in America went from weed.com to we sell weed and it's really good.com, um, they would still be the best dispensary in America because that domain name wouldn't influence their business in any way. Now, when you get into consumer goods, the actual products that are being sold, and as the market evolves and matures, and as entrants from other spaces, people who were working at Google, people who were working at Amazon, people who were building some of the world's most famous consumer products and services are now entering the cannabis space as many programmers and mathematicians entered the uh, 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 crypto space um, from those organizations, you get a new perspective. You get people who really understand marketing, branding, and they're looking for the longevity of their business. They're not looking for that quick buck, you know, uh, 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 gold rush. And that's where we're at now. And it literally, we just hit a tipping point 
it, within the last few months where this market evolved. It went beyond the, you know, most of the very, very early players have been bought out, gone out of business, you know, regulated out, arrested, uh, you know, very, very, very few survived because most of the very early entrepreneurs in this space were not business savvy. They were coming from an underground world. They couldn't handle the regulation. They didn't know about digital marketing, SEO, advertising. Uh, they don't know about you know how to create you know consumer products, packaging, um, shipping, logistics, distribution. All of these things, which are critical to a successful business and the longevity of your business, these just simply, and, and this is not judgmental in any way, right? Like I have a lot of friends that are in that box, um, but they simply weren't suited to compete against the guy that was a, you know, Nestle vice president of marketing global who decided, oh my God, this is a huge industry. I'm going to go start a new chocolate company that will be cannabis infused, right? I, the, the guy that was making them in his mom's kitchen and you know can't even keep up with supply to keep the dispensaries he sells to happy, he can't compete against Mr. You know, Nestle executive. You know, and that's where we're at, right? So now those folks have come in, they've come in over the last two years, there's serious venture capital money coming in to back those people and um, those people need domains, right? So it's all the fruits of our labor are only being picked now. It's now, it's in the last couple of months and, and it will now continue probably for the next five years, maybe even 10 as the market matures and evolves, but then we'll reach a point of, of you know, sort of saturation and these domains will not be as critical again. Um, it's like I tell people in the just general domain market, when they come to me with a super premium domain, um, and they say, well, I want to, I want to sell this domain. And it's like, well, you know, there are no startups anymore in this space. There are no, uh, and I'm not referring to cannabis cause we're still very early. Right. Um, but in a mature market, and I'm just trying to emphasize why it's important to sell into an, a growing immature market before it becomes mature, because once it becomes mature, these things aren't as critical. The, 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 the field has been set. The players are known. And, um, you know, you establish household brands and names and, uh, and then it's just a game of attrition and, uh, uh, mergers and, um, you know, killing off the week. And so, so, so if there's a time to sell, um, within this space, um, it's now to the next 10 years and you yeah. would recommend if probably the next five had, years, probably, probably, you know, now, um, and that. In some cases, right, like, so the names that I sold in 2013, 14, 15, I regret selling those names. I wish I never sold them, right? Like, sold many, many names that I wish I still had today. Give, to work give me examples. Money. I've got a good one. Uh, this, <laughs> this was the, uh, um, when I was buying geographic domain names, there's a city in Colorado called Aurora. And I bought auroracannabis.com and put it up as a buy it now uh, domain on Cedo. And one day I got an alert saying, hey, someone bought your domain for $1,420. And I was like, yes, my rent money. And uh, then I find <laughs> you out, back. you know, like uh, three years later, four years later, oh, Aurora Cannabis is one of the biggest producers in Canada. Um, and they currently have a market cap of almost $10 billion. Um, so 
if I had not listed it as buy it now thinking geodomains and I had been thinking a little bit more about the, uh, the usefulness of a brand, um, I could have got 10 or 20 times more um, for that oh, sale. Easily. But, yeah. We should yeah. write them a letter and just say, hey, you know. Uh, Do you guys want to advertise I, with I, entrepreneurs? Yeah, just be like, look, here's the deal, man. I, you know, I've been an advocate. Uh, you know, we've been trying to push this industry forward. You know, I run entrepreneur.com and, you know, here's the deal. I had this domain. I put a buy now price of $1,000. And I'm not going to lie to you. I have a hard time sleeping at night knowing that I sold $1,000. <laughs> I feel so much better if you guys would just like become a sponsor of our show. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, it looks like over the years they rebranded to the, at least on the domain name to AuroraMJ.com, but they're a publicly yeah. traded company. I mean, this is, um, you're right. You know, some geos can also have, um, another meaning Aurora in particular, how beautiful. Um, what, um, but is now time to still buy, cannabis names to still, first of all, no one should be like sitting around at home, thinking up new domains and registering them, brand new registrations. You're not going to get anything of value. Agreed? Mostly. This market's been picked through very effectively. Okay. So um, tell me some domains that have sold on um, gondrepreneur.com marketplace. Uh, Noel. Sure. Um, recently, uh, we sold a couple in the, you know, uh, one to five thousand dollar range. Um, there was one called Canivore.com, like carnivore, but Canivore. Cute. Um, like Hemperers. So Emperors with hemp, the beginning. Uh, wa- WannaGrow.com sold. Um, like J U A N A. Wanna like marijuana. Wanna grow. Wanna Which one of you owns? Juanadomain.com. Not, not us. It, not that's us. actually uh, oh, awkward. That's uh, a client of Happy Chaps, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Super okay. hired us a few years ago to build that out for him. Okay, yeah, great, great brand. Okay, sorry, keep going. Um, uh, we've had a lot of inquiries on CBD domains, and then one that we sold recently was Renew CBD. Um, a okay. lot of the CBD domains have very high asking prices, the ones that we represent. So, you know, we've had and dozens of inquiries in the past couple months on a few of them. Really dozens. Okay. And do you believe they'll sell at those asking prices that CBD is really focused right now? It's hard to say. Um, nobody's bit yet. I mean, these are asking prices of fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars um, $75,000 for, you know, just some one word with CBD. Okay. Like um, what? Um, what's the one that we keep getting inquiries on, Andrew? Do you remember uh, it? Uh, like, yeah, it's funny. It's CBDdirect.com. Like, yeah, CBD Direct is the most popular, hands down, probably by a factor of five, mm-hmm. the most popular domain on our platform. Um, two, three times a week, we get inquiries for that domain. Uh, and people make decent offers, but uh, they haven't met the owner's uh, price. I mean, in the, in the early days, I remember like I, we had some pretty good offers, like, 15 grand, 25 grand for, for CBD direct. And I was like, this guy's crazy not to be selling for that price. But the, the offers just keep coming. It's like really two or three a week. And he's, he's firm, pretty firm in his price. So who knows? Okay. Maybe he's a smart one. Drew, let's get back to your regrets. Give me three domains well, you regret selling. Um, Nug.com, which also sold in the uh, Gondrepreneur marketplace. Sell that? Uh, Nug.com. Okay, N-U-G. 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 Um, 
what else? Um, Come on, they keep you up at night. Uh, I mean, actually, we sold that for a good price. Um, but I still regret it because it's one of the best brands in, in the space. Um, I mean, I said I regret selling MJ.com. You know, we, uh, that's, you know, my opinion, that's, uh, that's the name. That's potentially, you know, at least top three. How long ago did you sell MJ.com? Not long ago, like a year ago. But uh, like I said, we, we hit a tipping point in the very last few months. We, we, we um, yeah, I can't actually talk about the details of the sale, but we have some, let's say, tail on that deal. And so, um, you know, if I had held it for just a little bit longer, we would have made a, a magnitude of order more, uh, more proceeds on that sale. But um, uh, nonetheless, uh, you know. And uh, another one that sold through the market, I believe, was Icky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Icky.com. Icky.com. That, was our, that was our name, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, listen, that was a great sale. That was a great sale. Icky. Uh, I like that one just because of Snoop Dogg. It was, you know, the sticky, mm-hmm. Icky, Icky. And um, ooh-wee. Um, no stems, no sticks, no seeds. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, icky.com, but, you know, it, it turned out it, that, those guys were like, uh, they make like, uh, like a humidor for your, for your, for your cannabis. Um, yeah, that's all, that so, one sold for the price. So here's the thing. What does an investor, uh, a domain investor, what do they do today, right? Because all these brands are, are uh, especially in, say, the $1,000 to $5,000 range, like you mentioned, Noel, they're all very playful, um, they're all specific, like they're not, it sounds like pretty much all, you know how we talk about um, having the ability to pivot and a brand like Uber could be anything. It sounds like in this space, they're looking for something that does say, you know, we're in the cannabis space, but something that's a play on words, that's a memorable brand. You know, it really depends on what they're trying to do in this space, right? So okay. you've got, like, if we just look at the hierarchy and we start at the top and we'll work our way down. So Maybe you've got three. these, like, vertically integrated um, players that are huge. Most of them reside in Canada because they can, you know, in the U.S., you're limited. You can only work in one state for the most part. And so there's no, there's no you can't achieve any, um, any economies of scale by having multiple state licenses at this point. And so um, the biggest players in the world are in Canada. So if we look at them, it's like, you know, Canopy or Aurora or Afria or, um, uh, you know, Slang. I don't know if they're Canadian. They're on the Canadian exchange. I don't know if they're Canadian or if they're a U.S. company. Um, Flower One. Um, They're U.S., I believe. They also might be Canadian. I'm not sure. Um, but you know these are huge vertically integrated players, and um, their names have nothing to do with cannabis. Okay. Um, you know, and that's like top tier, next tier. Yeah. So then you've got the people who like are distributing, and in this market, there's a lot of various ways of distributing. You've got like, like 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 statewide distribution, like Southern Wine and Spirits, for example, is the largest. Um, uh, alcohol and liquor distributor in America and in California, they created a separate company. I can't think of the name right now. Um, but they are trying to become the largest, um, cannabis distributor 
uh, at least on the West Coast. And so um, they, uh, I don't know what the brand is, but I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't have anything to do with cannabis either. And, um, but again, that's a B2B business. And so it doesn't necessarily need to say cannabis. They just need the relationships and the um, trust. Is it and, a ganja runner? No, no, definitely not. Right. No. There's okay, that's right. Keep. Okay. So what's on the next level after the distributors? Well, and then so you've got, then you've got the dispensaries and we've already talked about that. And then you've got the people who are producing the products who are selling to dispensaries and selling to distributors. And that's where um, it gets a little more interesting. So that, those are the people that need to create a product that sort of um, insinuates somehow that it could be a cannabis product, um, but they don't necessarily want to call it a cannabis product. But in some cases, that's not true. Some cases like right now, CBD is such a big, not, not only just a big product category, um, but it's such a big deal and people are searching for it not there is no household brand right so people are searching for the product and so having cbd in your name has tremendous advantages from a search conversion and marketing standpoint um but uh you know that may very well change as that market matures and players become established um their company brand will be far more important than their uh, you know, just, you know, uh, you've got company brands right now producing CBD products that don't even live at their company brand domain name. They live at, you know, some domain name that contains the word CBD so that people, they can advertise and they can, people know what it is and click on it and convert. Um, so having CBD, if you're trying to sell CBD products, it's super important to have the word CBD in your name. Um, okay. Because otherwise your consumer won't know what it is you sell. Okay. Um, Willow is a great brand, but if you are, you know, if you're Willow and you're selling CBD products and you're just out there advertising as Willow, nobody's going to know what you sell. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult for you to reach the consumer today because of regulatory confinement. Well, both, both, uh, it's not just regulatory, right? Because a lot of these companies are actually making, taking their own decisions to not allow advertising and promotion on these platforms. Why? When legally they could. I can't answer that question. Okay. Um, so here's my end question. How um, to all the domain investors who want to invest in this growing space, do they buy, um, you know, do they spend their rent money on a hundred domains that they think are cutesy and fun combinations of potential brands? Do they spend their money? Do they pool that and spend it on one or two domains? that are higher value and the same, uh, you know, cutesy combo. Um, how would you strategically advise a domain investor with three to $7,000 to invest in this space, in domains in this space? No. What I do is I look at what's expiring um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of brands that people are giving up on that they registered five or six years ago, and you know maybe their expectations were too high on what kind of offers they were going to get. Maybe they over over um, 
overcommitted and registered like 5,000 domains and they're just letting the ones that they care less about expire. So there are some good ones that come up through expiration. Um, there's definitely nothing left in terms of, you know, hand registering something for $15 unless you get it right after it expires and nobody else wants it. Um, but auctions um, and uh, what's expiring are generally what I keep an eye on. Um, of course, the domain market has a, a bunch of domains in that. Uh, the entrepreneur market has a bunch of domains in that one to $5,000 range. Um, if you are looking to start a company up, I don't know if that's the best route for a speculator, um, unless you know that there's a, you know, you know somebody who wants to start that business. There are a lot of arbitrage opportunities, like like you know where you can go out and buy a name you know on our marketplace for a thousand to five thousand dollars. If you've got targeted, Is that a dog? yeah, it's a dog. Bring the dog up. Sorry, Drew, you're not as interesting <laughs> as the dog. Sammy. This Hi, is Samantha. Sammy. <laughs> Hi, Sammy. Aw, cute dog. Okay, sorry, Drew. You're That's important. Right. So, um, you know, there are arbitrage opportunities if you've got unique insight, meaning you know that a particular segment, a particular category, a particular company, you know, um, is going to be expanding and this domain will become increasingly more important um, than, you know, buying it prior to that becoming uh, common knowledge is an arbitrage opportunity. Um, but for the most part, I agree. I think you got to be opportunistic. I don't think you're not going to have any luck being trying to be clever and coming up with cute names and putting them together. And, you know, the numbers on that just are bad. You, you know, you, you'd have to own a lot of them in order to see any type of um, efficiencies, meaning to, to see a certain consistent sell-through rate. Um, and so I don't think it's a viable business. I think buying, you know, one, two, three, four, five really good names on expiry where you're not competing against the end users, you're competing against other domain investors, um, you know, do your homework, understand what sells, look at the landscape, go on Entrepreneur, go on our business directory, look at what the companies are called out there, look at who are the companies that are successful in the industry and how do they name themselves and use those types of insights to create what could be the next companies that follow suit and you know otherwise buying product and descriptive you know exact match keyword domains will always be a successful as long as you don't overpay um will always be a successful target you know um if you own you know the exact match keyword for specific products and categories in the cannabis industry um you know, you'll find a buyer, you know, may or may not meet your price expectations. You may have to sit on it for a while, but those names ultimately almost always sell. Okay. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. And you know, I mean, if you want to capture, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to ride the wave of any growing industry, you got to get in before all the other surfers. That's just how it is. So, um, you know, that's kind of what we're on here. Uh, you know, talking about what we've been saying is like, you know, this is a, overnight success five years in the making you know we were registering these names five years ago uh and they're only just now starting to sell uh, because the market's starting to hit a level of maturity and so there is still a lot of opportunity from domains but don't try and get cute don't try and uh 
you know, but I do think that probably um, from an overall domain market standpoint, I think that this year, you know, last year is unequivocally, um, you know, the uh, crypto market represented a very, I, I don't know exactly the number, but it was a sizable chunk, 20, 30% of our, our total sales, you know, were into the crypto market, big names. And the majority of those had nothing to do with crypto, right? Mm -hmm. They had, there was no word, there was no crypto word in there. It was just brands. Um, uh, I think that the same will be said this year or next year, um, uh, perhaps even several years to come um, in the cannabis market. This is going to be the place where the most new companies are created, the most new brands are created. And as you said earlier, all of that leads back to domains. And so all of those companies need domains. And um, if they want to have longevity, they need good domains. And, Brilliant. Uh, now here's a question. Becomes, the more important these domains become. Hmm. Here's a question. Um, this is this is the final question that I've planned for you guys. Um, Drew, you love to ask other people this question. Um, what would you say for Gondrepreneur.com? What's the enterprise value that this domain, the authority behind this domain, has brought? Um, can you put a number on that? I mean, Noel, you are such a numbers guy. I've seen you know, some of your behind the scenes um, paperwork and you are beautifully data driven. Um, what are your thoughts? Could, could you put a number on that? Um, it would be hard to be precise, but the impact that it had is undeniable. Um, uh, just compared to, you know, when we were on the gondrepreneur.us um, when we switched over to gondrepreneur.com and we were able to say that in a phone call with a potential advertiser or with someone who we just wanted to get a quote for an article, something like that, um, the, the difference in response was noticeable immediately. Um, people just all of a sudden trusted us like, oh, you're a real thing now. Um, and then the effect that just having this brand which is a concept that people were aware of colloquially and it's a, a term that you know people use on their Instagram like a hashtag that they just put on their own um, it's an identity it's I an think identity that's mm -hmm. huge yeah and so being the brand associated with that identity has really positioned us to um, to be the most attractive place for people to get the word out about um, whatever it is that they're working on. Um, and we are the place where people go to, um, um, to keep in touch with the news that impacts their uh, career trajectory or their investment portfolio or, or whatever their involvement in the cannabis industry is. Um, but, but having that at the core of the business, I think has been really integral to getting us where we are today. Okay, but you didn't give me a number. Come on. Um, Although you gave me a great a joke, <laughs> or, or not. Um, Noel Abbott and Andrew Rosner, ladies and gentlemen, the most attractive people in the, in the entrepreneur space. <laughs> okay, come on, give me a number. I don't know. I, I, think, um, I think the business could be valued today in the six to eight million dollar range, potentially uh, as high as ten, if you know we wanted to be uh, ambitious. And I think um, the enterprise value of Gondra. I mean, you know, it really is. I mean, I know I, I'm the guy pressuring other. 
people that come on the show to, to give us that number. And it really, but it really is, it really is difficult. The thing is, is if we sold the domain tomorrow, um, and said, Oh, you know, great. We got a, you know, we got a great price. We sold the domain. Um, now we're going to just rebrand onto, even if we picked another great brand, Gondrepreneur for what it is we're doing is the perfect name. It's, it's, you know, we're trying to be, you know, for entrepreneurs, by entrepreneurs in the ganja market, right? So it's gondrepreneur. It's, it's, there's no better way to say it. And um, you're kind of so, professionalizing this identity. You're turning this yeah. identity into something where a place where businesses can connect. We're normalizing it. That's the yeah. whole point. We're and you're cleaning it. out all the non-business, like you were saying in the news, you're yeah, we don't want to be weedbiz.com. You know, we yeah. don't want to be, we're, we're gondrepreneur. You know, it's, it's, it, yeah. So no, I, I don't know. almost so going to give me a number say, and you stopped him. I think, I don't know. I think very, you know, unique to our organization. It's got to be, you know, a, a strong percentage of enterprise value. It's got to be, you know, I don't know at least 5%, 10% of enterprise value, at least. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, yeah. I mean, at this point, you can't extract the business from the name, right? So sure. the, the, the business and the name are one and the same. Um, but I think, you know, if we went through the, the intellectual exercise of trying to extract it and saying, what is the name worth itself? It probably is something like 5%, five, maybe even 10% of, you know, maybe even more just because we are, like Noel said, we don't have a print application. So if we had a print magazine, it would probably be less, even though I, 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 the, the print magazine would probably be a loss leader. And I think for most of these publications, it is a loss leader. It's a great way to capture more advertising because unfortunately, advertising executives, marketing executives still have a love of tangible print media. You could print uh, it on rolling papers. <laughs> um, the there's uh, recycling yeah um i think that uh i think it would be it, the point is if we had a print version of gondrepreneur i think that the enterprise value of the domain itself would be less of the total enterprise value than it is for us because we're strictly digital and i think you know for any digital business um you live and die by your domain. You just do. It's it's just fact of life. So, yeah, probably maybe it's even more than ten percent uh, for us. I think so. I I uh, I don't know how how detailed we want to get into it, but we had a few conversations last year with people who were out interested in outright acquiring the business. And yeah. in those conversations, the domain name and the brand was uh, the majority of the value. It was the majority of the value. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, those were not small numbers to be dealing with. And yeah. Good for you too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, as we wrap it up here, Noel, what do you want people to know? What, what, whether it's something new that Gondrepreneur is rolling out or, you know, business advice as you are coming to identify yourself as a serial entrepreneur. And uh, I mean, you bootstrap something from nothing into a, you know, eight to $10 million uh, brand. So, um, you know, as you, you're really, and it's, it was cute to see you in 2013 and how young you were and now you're all grown up 
And um, what what advice do you have? What do you want other other young entrepreneurs to know? I think if there's um, if there's one thing that applies um, to pretty much any any venture that you're going into um, is to really understand and appreciate the value that your brand has, um, not just in the name, but in how you present it um, visually, how you present it in terms of the voice, um, how you present it in terms of the mission of uh, whatever that venture is that you're working on. Um, if that is all, you know, apparent to the people that, um, that you're approaching just on their first impression, it's going to make everything easier for you going forward. And um, we've gone through several iterations with the Gondrepreneur brand. Um, just uh, last summer, we finished a rebrand that I had my partner in Happy Chap help us with. And the impact that that makes when you have uh, consistency and um, you know, you've clearly put a lot of thought into how everything looks, um, you know, it's, uh, it's indescribable how much of an impact that has. People just assume that you're offering something of value when they perceive that from their first impression. Um, and if you offer something of value to back that up, then everything is just uh, easier. And, you got uh, a customer for life. Yeah. yeah fabulous. Yeah, well, I mean, just, yeah um, completely agree with what Noel said. Um, I, I had a follow-on thought that I completely, I just lost. So I'll... Leave it at that. Did you want to say anything further about, um, uh, you know, what you'll be doing with Blue Dream? Give us a, a little more of a preview there. Yeah, it's a little early to go into much detail, but, um, you know, essentially we touched on it. Um, okay. We were selling, you know, a number of domains through the uh, Gondrepreneur Domain Marketplace. Um, you know, nothing revolutionary. It's just that we've got that target audience, right? And so... Um, each of those businesses needs design services and branding and marketing. And so um, we're going to launch Blue Dream to help meet those needs. And um, I think we've got, you know, an interesting take on it. And uh, we've got some of the best resources in the business to, um, uh, you know, uh, I think help these people fulfill the, the ideas that they've got. Um, you know, going to design and, and marketing agencies outside of the cannabis industry. Um, this is such a unique space because of the limitations on uh, marketing and advertising, because of the regulatory environment, because of the fact that uh, marketing and advertising is really hyper local because you can't be a California business and sell to somebody in New York. So um, for, for a variety of reasons, the cannabis market is extremely unique. And so I think um, there is a unique opportunity for um, folks who are highly experienced in this market to better address the needs of folks entering the market um, rather than going to firms which are from outside the industry. Um, they don't understand the intricacies. And those intricacies can be very slight, but very meaningful. Um, we speak to people all the time that contact us from outside the industry, representing clients that you know, may want to advertise with us. Or may, and, and you can just see it in the way that they speak and what, what they write. They don't quite understand how it works. They don't quite understand the perceptions in the market, um, the sensitivities in the market. And so, um, you know, the days of, you know, being just blatant and throwing it in your face of, 
cannabis and weed and you know get high as fuck and you know like everywhere yeah pot leaves everywhere and it just that's done right nobody wants that um you know we're moving towards normalization and so you want uh yeah you just have to approach it in a very specific way and um yeah i think we're uniquely positioned because we've been at this so long and we've gone through so many iterations of our own um we've launched several other websites, you know, in the industry, uh, on our own, uh, on great domains. And so I think this is going to be, um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really successful. It's going to be a very exciting next chapter. Um, good for you both. Con uh, congratulations to you both. Um, what, what a fabulous success story on the foundation of a great domain with two smart, hardworking, Serial entrepreneurs, uh, kudos. Uh, thanks for the credit. Time. The credit, the credit we've got entrepreneur really goes to Noel. I mean, um, you know, I, I've been more the money guy and sort of maybe big picture trying to guide where we're heading. But Noel is, you know, he is the one pulling up his boots every day. I mean, he's, yeah. And he's as much as I, as much as I'd love to take all the credit, I couldn't do it without a team of uh, really hardworking, competent uh, remote workers, including my brother, including TG Brandfall, who's been a host of the podcast and a journalist for us for a long time, my partner Casey and Happy Chap, um, and everybody just, uh, Cody. just gets the work done, Cody especially. Yep. Yeah, Cody's a rock star. I mean, we've, got, we've just got an amazing team. I'll tell you what, here's the deal. I am going to pat myself on the back. Because you know, one thing that I really will say I have been influential in, I, I suppose, um, in general, is I've got two completely distributed teams running two super successful businesses. Media Options, totally distributed team. Gondrepreneur, completely distributed team. And uh, everybody works well. We have virtually zero turnover. Um, you know, the core team, at least, uh, has had no turnover. And, um, you know, we're all making it happen. It's just, that's, that's great. I think that that's really something special uh, that we've done is having this completely distributed team that is driving home a clear, concise message consistently since five years. Um, so yeah, shout out to the entrepreneur team, Cody, TG, uh, Graham, uh, Sammy the dog. Casey. Sammy the dog, yes. Sammy the dog for sure. Nice. Well, thank you guys. Noel, I hope that you come on again um, and that, you know, five or six years have not passed uh, before we see you again. Um, really interesting to hear what's going on in this space. And um, while you're right, you haven't created this roadmap, um, you know, but how you've applied it and how others can apply it, I think um, that's really generous of you to spend the time here. And I know so many um, in our audience who are entrepreneurs or who are in, and or who are interested in this particular vertical are really going to benefit um, your sport for spending the time. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Thank you.